according to the cloud. Welcome to the Heart of Healing, the pandemic episodes. I am your host, Tom Fold. In these episodes, we will meet loving, talented people who, while coping with their own pandemic stress, are offering others understanding, compassion, love, and ways to relax and heal, even under the weight of current conditions. Listen with an open heart to those who in this time of crisis are offering their hearts and talents to us all. And our guest today is Harley Bright, who is a defense attorney and the founder of a charity that's been running for 25 years called Harley's Kids. Welcome, Harley. Thank you very much for having me. Glad to have you here. And I'm really excited to talk about Harley's Kids because the purpose of these, of these podcasts, from my point of view, is to show people some good news that while we're surrounded by difficult times and what most people might consider not so good news, there are many people like yourself doing wonderful things and we can bring some good news to the world. So let's start with your good news. Tell me about Harley's Kids, what it is and how it got started. Well, Harley's Kids is an organization that is designed to elevate the status of mentally and physically challenged persons. And uh, probably just over 25 years ago, my good friend, Jeff Kovach, brought me to a group called the Alhambra. And they were a Catholic-based charity and they were helping the lives of mentally and physically challenged people. And I slowly began to get involved. And they, they, the gentlemen there were quite elderly at the time. They were all World War II veterans. And so Jeff and I slowly with their consent started to take it over a bit, but um, unfortunately I could not become an official member because I'm Jewish and they felt very badly about that. And I, I said to them, listen, this is not a problem. This is not about politics, religion. This is not even about membership in the club. This is all about the kids. So I'm here, I don't need a membership card. Let's just continue doing what we're doing. And unfortunately, through the years, there was, there was an attrition uh, because these guys were so old, quite frankly. And at some point, I just basically took over because it was going to disband. So I took it over. We moved from the basement of a church. We started with 32 kids. And we moved... Um, to, I rented a hall, a veterans hall, and the parties grew and the kids grew. And now we have 200 special friends, as I like to call them, kids and adults with all sorts of challenges, ranging from autism to severe mental retardation, paralysis, Down syndrome. And we have parties every two months. We have about 80 pizza pies. We have a live DJ. We have two incredible, incredible balloon people, Party Magic. Yes. Uh, yeah. That's their company. And they come. And for about two and a half hours, they make every person at the party gets a custom made balloon. And so it's not like when you and I were kids and the balloons were, you know, very simple. These are it's elaborate. A little dog and a little this yeah it's not a it's not a dachshund right <laughs> it's a disney character it's a princess it's a monkey on a motorcycle with a palm tree in the background it's, it's really beautiful 
So every person leaves with a custom-made balloon. We have live DJ, prizes, dancing. We have contests. I also have somebody come. Um, and what he does is he takes a picture of every person there. And then he goes to a printer and he prints the picture and he puts it in this very nice frame. So everybody leaves with a framed photo of themselves from every party. So the Halloween party, for example, will have a costume contest. Right. And uh, for Christmas, we go to Chinatown and we buy toys en masse because I have 200 kids. I need a lot of toys. And we just fill up banquet tables filled with toys. And then everybody just comes up and takes as much as they want, anything they want. Uh, we have a Valentine's Day dance. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, one day out of the year, we take them up to a campsite called Camp Hope in New Jersey. And we have games, bingo. We have a live band there. We have parades with the American flag. And so we try to do as many different things as possible uh, for the kids. And then, of course, some of the kids I see personally and we'll go bowling and things like that or to the movies. Um, and how were these kids selected for this group? Oh, there's no selection committee. It's, if you can come to the party, you're welcome. welcome. I don't care where you live. I don't care what the politics are. I want everybody to come. And in fact, what I do is because most of the guests are special friends. They live in group homes run by the state. I invite their parents. So this way, one, their parents can interact with them in a very nice social setting and dance with them. I try to make sure all the mothers dance with their sons and daughters dance with the fathers. And also I sit the parents together. Why? So that the parents can interact with other people in their same position. It creates empathy. And from empathy, we have humanity. And that's something that distinguishes us from the other species on the planet is we can empathize as human beings. Yes, and, and, so, and it's wonderful that somebody who's in this situation with a child that is difficult for them to comp maybe can't even comprehend what's going on, to have another set of parents that can say, yeah, we've experienced this too. Right, they can help each other with similar problems, similar conditions. One person has a good idea, they share it with the other parents. So it's a way to not only bond socially, it's a way to vent, it's a way to create empathy, it's a way to make other parents feel as if it's not their fault or they're not alone, and to show them that their kids can thrive just like other kids from other parents. Right, and you say that there are kids and adults, does that mean that some of them have been with you for 25 years? Oh, sure. Sure. Yeah. I've, I've lost some of our special friends as well, but sure. I mean, my close friend, Scott Donkersloot, I, I was at his 30th surprise birthday party at the Brownstone in Patterson. Um, he didn't he figure are, it out after 30 years he was going to have a surprise. I'm sorry. He didn't figure out after 30 years, he was going to have a surprise. Oh, he was completely surprised. It was wonderful. That's it was great. A great party. But I'm, I mean, that was probably 15 years ago. Right. And I knew him many years before that. So yes, I've known some of 
my kids for over 25 years. How did you first find out about the, the group that was in the church? My friend Jeff Kovach brought me there through the Knights of Columbus. Mm -hmm. Somehow we, we, he became affiliated with the Alhambra. And then one thing led to another and Jeff and I wanted to continue the fabulous work that the Alhambra were doing. That's wonderful. And it ranges in all different kinds of physical and emotional problems, as you're saying. Yes, yeah, some of our friends are in wheelchairs. Some, some, un, some have to wear helmets to protect themselves from getting injured. And right. some are, you know, upper to mid-level functioning individuals who some of them work at supermarkets. And we, we, we include everybody. So it doesn't matter where you fall on the spectrum of challenges, you're there. And I must say that, you know, I couldn't have done any of this without all the help that we get, especially a lovely woman named Pat Dice. And she helps coordinate all the different group homes for me so that we can get as many people to the parties as possible. And she doesn't get enough recognition. So Pat Dice, when your time's up, there's only one place you're going, up. <laughs> That's lovely. Yes, I was thinking about that. You have a busy life without this. You have a you you are a defense attorney that's quite busy. How do you find time? Yeah, I'm a, by by trade. I'm a criminal defense trial attorney, and I have other interests in life as well. But the truth is, Tom, you're busy. Your audience is busy. We're all busy, and so it comes down to one basic thing: prioritization. Right. What are our priorities in life? You know, sometimes I, I get calls all day and I don't want to make a return call. And then all of a sudden, let's say my friend Scott, whom I referenced before, let's say he calls me. Well, you know, I'm going to take that call before I take a call from a judge. Before I call back a judge or a client or a prosecutor, I'm going to speak to Scott because he's, he's a special person. You know, I have another rule. Many, many years ago, I gave one of our kids, Paul Fanslau, my address because he wanted to write me a letter. I said, okay. Now, Paul lives in Pompton Lakes, which is one town over from where I live in Wayne, New Jersey. And he wrote me a letter, and I decided I would immediately write him back. In other words, I put everything I was doing down as soon as I received his letter, and I wrote him back a letter. Now, it only takes a day or two for the letter to arrive from me to him and vice versa. Well, wouldn't you know it, three days later, later, I get another letter from Paul. So I stood by my rule of no matter what I'm doing, put everything away for a moment and write him back a letter. This has been going on for years. I literally saved all of his letters. And I would say once every... <clears throat> No, I would say twice every eight days, eight or nine days, I receive a letter from Paul. And I saved all his letters. It's a massive, massive file. This has been going on for years. Well, I wonder, and, but for any reason, would that make an interesting book? I mean, it's, and certainly it's important to you. Um, but I'm thinking of something that could help in sales, let's say, to, to help the, the, the charity, you know, to be promoting and to paying for some of the work. Yeah, well, here's the thing. I call it a charity, and I, I named it Harley's Kids because when I was young, I used to watch Jerry Lewis 
on that right. marathon he had. Yeah, Jerry's Kids. And it was called Jerry's Kids. And I'm not married. I don't have kids. But he inspired me when I was a little kid. I saw how many. I couldn't believe the guy could stay awake all those hours. Right. And he wasn't getting paid. He wasn't making him more famous. It was because he wanted to help people who, who had difficulties. And he raised millions and millions of dollars, maybe a billion by now, who knows? But he inspired me. And so I have this thing, I, I call it a charity, but you cannot donate money. I do okay. not, I don't accept any donations. Okay, so that's- so Tom, you say, Harley, why don't you accept money? Here's well, one. that was my next question, but go ahead. <laughs> yeah, because I tell people, listen, I want you to come to a party and I want you to bring your kids. And they say, why do you want me to bring my kids? And I'd say this, your kids live in a world where when the new iPhone comes out, if they don't get it that day, they think they're deprived. I want you to come and bring your kids to our parties. And when you see the exhilaration the unbelievable joy on these kids' faces, simply from dancing, nothing else, Tom. They're dancing and their expression of exuberance, of joy is far beyond anything that you and I can experience. When your kids see that, they ought to be ashamed of themselves enough not to cry and bitch and moan that they don't have the new iPhone and they should have a sense that there's a bigger calling and that it doesn't take money it just takes a little time. You don't, there is no money coming into my parties. You cannot bring money. You can come, you can help serve pizza. You can help serve dessert. You can, you can help, but you can't give money. I don't want your money. So these are the people you're inviting and you say, bring your kid, their kids. Cause these are not the kids that, that are having the party. These are kids that are coming from a more affluent or more uh, healthy, let's call it. Exactly, my friend's kids. Right. And all these kids who, who are, are so deprived because they don't have a new iPhone or they don't have a car when they turn 17, right. or they don't, they don't have the Kim Kardashian shoes. Right? They only have 20 pairs of shoes, they don't have 30. Tom, we are so blessed that, and this is not about God or religion, it's not about that. We're blessed, we won the lottery, the universal lottery you and I won because we get up in the morning and we don't have mental or physical disability. There is, I struggle, I struggle with the universal injustice that's out there. Why my friend Scott was born the way he is. He didn't deserve that. He didn't ask for it. He didn't do anything to deserve his condition. And at the same time, me, look at me, Tom, I'm blessed. I'm born to good parents. I'm healthy. I have a nice lifestyle. I'm not in pain right now. My mental acuity is pretty good depending on who you ask. I didn't deserve any of this. It's a universal lottery and I won it. And because I won it, I owe a duty. I need to repay somebody for what happened to me. And so if Scott and Joey and Paul and all of these kids if they can benefit for a couple hours every couple months, then that's the least I can do. And it doesn't cost anybody to come to my parties. But the beauty, Tom, is that when you come to the parties, you get more than you give. I'm sure. You watch that. You feel it. You can feel the love in the room. These kids will come up and hug you. 
they will ask you to have a picture taken with them. Now, I understand some people are a little bit uncomfortable around challenge people. So I say, listen, sit in the back, sit against the wall with me and just observe, just watch what goes on. You know? That's quite wonderful. I wonder if, and maybe you know this, if you have inspired any of those other friends of yours, parents and so forth, to do something of their own, whether it's not necessarily star charity, but to do help. Well, Tom, here's the thing. You know, I'm at a bit of an advantage compared to my friends. My friends are married with kids. So every day they're elevating the lives of their own children. I don't have children. I live with my 81 year old Jewish mother. Uh, you know, I have two dogs and a cat. So what I'm doing is sort of a transference to someone else's child. I don't have my own. I think it would be a little unfair of me to criticize or have judgment against my friends, why they're not doing something similar. They're raising their families. And that, that's a tremendous everyday responsibility that I don't have. Yeah, being parents is a big responsibility. You're right. I was just imagining that that event in their lives might have been very transformational. Just talking to you, I feel transformed and I'm happy that you're here to tell other people what, that something good is happening. No, listen, Tom, thank you, but this is my pleasure. This is a gift that was bestowed to me by some, some greater force that just led me there. Look, I have a friend named Gino Romatelli. He's not a rich guy by any means. He works like a dog. He has a beautiful wife. He has five children. He works two jobs to support five children. You know what he does every party? He comes, there's a kitchen in the veterans hall and he helps in the kitchen. He makes sure all the pizza is counted, all the pizzas heated. He makes sure everything is right with all the food. He comes every time for years. He's got five kids, Tom. That's, that's wonderful. Well, and, and it's clear to me that he's getting something wonderful out of it. The experience, the sense of giving, the sense of helping. That's, I think, what you get. one gets from doing something like that. Tom, let me tell you a quick story. So when I, when I very first started, there was a guy who ran the Alhambra. His name was Al Porianda. He was a saint. I used to tell him, listen, Al, when you go to St. Michael, I want to hang on your heels because... You're getting in. I need to hold on to you. You're a saint. So one day I'm at the party and I was just looking out on the dance floor. The kids were dancing and, and I was visibly upset. And Al came up to me and he said, Harley, what's wrong? You look upset. I go, Al, we're not doing anything. We're not doing enough. He said, Harley, look out there. What do you see? I said, Al, I see kids dancing. He goes, what else do you see? I go, they're having a good time. What do you want me to see? I don't get it. He goes, they're smiling. I go, yeah. He goes, they're smiling. Have you smiled today? And I'm like, well, Al, listen, I got a job. I work. I you know, take care of my mom. There's a lot of crap going on in my life. He's like, that's the point, Harley. They're so happy just dancing. That's all you need to do. And then it hit me. I don't, I don't have to build luxury homes and put them in fancy cars with fancy clothes. I just have to bring them together so they can see each other and they can interact with some pizza, with a DJ, with a contest, with my stupid jokes on the microphone and with dancing, simple dancing. 
what you're doing is you're bringing them into the moment. They can be in the moment with nothing else to worry about, which is lovely. Tom, I'll never forget. It was, it was September 1998. And I was at one of the parties. This is 1998. This is when Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire were having that home run race. Home run race. Yes, yes. I remember it well. I'm sorry. This was October. So the home run race, I think, was still going on or just ended, something like that. But it was the talk. Everybody knew about it. I had taken a picture of me and one of my kids, Joey Brown. Joey Brown has such severe Down syndrome that nobody can understand him talk. It's impossible. He talks, but no one can understand it. Even my kids who live with him for 30 years cannot understand what he says. So it's very difficult sometimes to communicate. I bet. <laughs> Joey Brown came up to me at the party and he started tugging at me. Oh, what happened was, no, I'm sorry. I gave him a photo. I had taken a photo of us together at the previous party. I got it developed. I gave it to him. I gave him the photo. Just he and I standing there. He scooted off. I went around doing my party stuff. He comes back and I feel a tugging. I, he's short. So I, and I'm short, but he's shorter than me. I feel a tugging on my clothes. I look down, it's Joey. And he's holding up the picture of he and I together. And I said, Joey, everything okay? What's wrong? What do you want? And he's holding the picture. And I said, I'm sorry, I don't understand what you want. And then in his other hand, he pulled up a pen. And he put the pen and the paper together. He wanted me to autograph the picture for him. <laughs> Tom, he, he asked me to autograph a picture of he and I standing together as if I were famous, as if I were important, as if I were. And I, I remember thinking, this is like he thinks I'm Mark McGuire or Sammy Sosa. He thinks I'm famous. I'm not famous. I'm not important. But to Joey, that picture meant so much. He wanted, so I, I autographed it. I signed it to my best pal, Joey. You're the best friend anyone can have. Your friend always, Harley. I gave it to him. I don't know that he can read it even, but he saw the writing on it. And then I stood back. You know what he did with it, Tom? Take a guess. I, I think he showed it to everybody else. Exactly. Tom, I couldn't believe it. He walked around tugging on everybody's shirt and pants and showed them an autographed picture of he and I together as if I were important. From that moment on, I, I knew I was in the right place for the rest of my life. And it yeah. wasn't because he made me feel important. It's because he, he valued me hardly, not as hardly the lawyer, just as hard, he didn't care what I drove. He didn't care how many cases I won. It was hardly bright. That's, that's wonderful. That's being seen for who you truly are. Right. Opening the heart and being seen. I've got a question for you. During this time of COVID, how are you helping now? Because you can't have parties, obviously. What happens? No, we can't have parties, but what we do is we have Zoom sessions. Oh, nice. So we try to connect through Zoom and we have dance parties where we dance and talk and, you know, sing a little and do the best we can and just talk and interact. 
And the other thing I do is I can go to group homes and stand outside and they can talk to me through the window or we can socially distance on the porch. Like for Scott's birthday, I went over there to give him gifts and we were socially distanced on the porch. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. Right. So you we are, talk on the phone, we Zoom, we can still see each other through social distancing, but no, we can't have a party with say 250, 260 people now. Well, hopefully when this is over, you go right back to parties, I imagine. Oh, that's the first stop on my post-COVID tour. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Before I go to the courtroom, Harley's kids party. Not to change the subject because I'm delighted with Harley's kids. But will the courtrooms be similar, be the same when the COVID's over or, or changes do you think going to happen there? You know, that's for greater minds than myself. But hopefully, if the people in charge have half a brain, they will integrate the benefits of the technology we've experienced during COVID with some of the ways that we did it in the past. In other words, you don't need 20 lawyers sitting in the same place waiting an hour to say not guilty. You can do it through Zoom. It's easy. Right. I handle much more court appearances now, much more. It's quicker. It's more efficient. It's easier for everybody via Zoom. This, this idea of driving from court to court, you never get anything done. You've got everybody sitting around waiting. This is, this is awesome. Well, hopefully it will streamline things and make it justice faster. Well, here's the thing, Tom. If you have faith in the bureaucracy of government, I suppose so. But I'm not one of those people. <laughs> well, that's a little much to ask, I think. Faith not in the really. Bureaucracy. No, no, it's not a lot to ask, Tom. That, that's where we disagree. It's not a lot to ask from our government to be efficient and run like the private sector. It's not a lot to ask in the sense that it makes total sense to ask it my concern and fear is that it won't be answered. Well, yeah, I, I suppose you're right. But, but we, we can do the best we can, right? We do That's the best we, we can. can and you've taken out of the, a tough world that you see every day in the difficult times of, as a defense lawyer, criminal defense lawyer, you see, and you've gone to do something special and wonderful to help people. And I just admire that. And I think it's just beautiful that you're doing that. Thanks, but Tom, you know, when you say I'm doing it, we're all doing it in some way. I'm not alone. You know, like nothing great was ever achieved by one person alone. You know, right. Einstein can take all the credit for what he wants. He, he had help. He had predecessors. He built upon things that were already there. He was inspired by other scientists and other people. Thomas Edison, the same thing. Great boxers, great athletes. Nobody does it by themselves. So without Pat Dice, without Dr. Michael Skurdy, without Jeff Kovach, without Joe Bianci, without Mr. and Mrs. Donkersloot, this doesn't happen. And as you say, you built it on something. There were wonderful people doing this before you came in. Absolutely wonderful people who they served the kids. There's no political agenda, nothing. And that's wonderful. That's one, and you, you've continued that and expanded it. And I imagine there's more room for more kids. It's a big area. Listen, Tom, I, I wanna get so big that I need to rent a wedding hall every party. I mean, there's no limit to this. Well, that's the thing here. I don't know how you get 
get it out there. Once the world is back to what we used to call normal or allowing us to be together in the same room, there's, I hope all the people who are listening here and who know about what you're doing will help more, will be willing to volunteer, to open the door, to, to say hello to people and bring people to you. Well, the thing is, I don't really promote it. I don't really proselytize or promote what I do. I feel a little funny doing that. But if I see someone who's challenged, I'll go up to them or their parent or their caretaker and say, listen, here's my name and number. This is what we do. Please come to a party and bring all your friends. Well, it's and sort of very happen. grassroots. Right. Well, I could do that. I mean, what I'm saying, what could I do? I could, could oh. recommend somebody. So anybody who wants to get involved in any way can contact me through my email. Okay, that's good. What is your email that they can reach you at? It's Harley, H-A-R-L-E-Y, like my first name. H-A-R-L-E-Y. Yeah. Sure, like my first name, like the motorcycle. Okay. Then the letter D as in delicious. D as in delicious. And then my last name, Bright, but it's spelled B-R-E-I-T-E. E-I-T-E, B-R-E-I-T-E. -E. Yeah. Exactly. Harley D. Bright at AOL.com. At AOL.com. Okay, well, we'll put that in this information. It's in here now for people who are listening who can get in touch. And it will be in the description of the show where it goes on the website. And that will be wonderful. Well, what hey, I really, I really appreciate that. That means a lot to me. I just really appreciate you coming and talking to us because... This is what I want to contribute in a way. I mean, I'd like to do more, but contribute also to people listening that there's good things happening. There are wonderful people like yourself. And I know you're not alone. All the people who are helping you, all the people and the kids who are coming and enjoying and their parents, there's a, a universe of people enjoying the good things that we're talking about here. And I want people just to know about that. Well, look at the terrific job you're doing, Tom, right? Like you're getting the word out there and then you get the word out there to someone. And then you're talking to someone and they say, hey, I know a guy named Harley. He's doing something that might be related to what you're doing. And then you get a hold of me and then you put the word out there. And then I put the word out there about you. You know, the world has become such a small village now because of the technology that what you're doing has branches and branches that we can't even imagine. Yes, we can't even imagine the impact it has beyond anything we know, which is quite wonderful. And I like to keep thinking about that as we do it. All I know is, and I think the same is for you, when I do this, my heart opens and I feel really good. And I know that when you do what you're doing, your heart opens and you feel really good. Tom, I got to tell you, every time I leave the party, I feel like a million bucks. And I also feel a little sad because I know that I'm blessed and others aren't. I feel I can do more. But one thing is the next day, nobody can aggravate me. Nobody can upset me. <laughs> because those people who I, who I just spent time with, with whom I just spent time, they're gold. And everybody else who's yelling at us about irrelevant things. Oh, you're late or you're this or you're that. My God, it's not that important in the end. Most of what we're yelling at each other about is not important. Absolutely. And you have done by that, that day, which you've done for everybody, you filled your cup in a way that you need to do. We all need to do to feel content and, and have a purpose on this world. 
and you're doing that. I, I congratulate you. Well, thanks, but our cup needs to runneth over. Absolutely. Well, we'll together we'll work on that. And I thank well, you so much. Go ahead. Anything else you want? To no, say? I just want to thank you for this opportunity. And if anyone, if one person comes to us from this, you are a massive success. Well, I agree with you. And I hope two people come. I want to be a double massive success as you are already. So thank, thank you, you so friend. much for being here, Harley. And no, thank, thank you, my friend. It was my privilege. It was a joy. Thank you to our listeners for listening to the Heart of Healing, the pandemic episodes.